Welcome to Multiculturalism Happens Here. I am Isaac Relas and I work with Visions Inc., a nonprofit established in 1984. We are a catalyst for a more equitable world where differences are valued and used for the benefit of all. Our goal is to address national and local issues through the lens of multiculturalism. All right, friends, I'm back. I'm so excited to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about English as a second language, ESL. When we use the model to go through and talk about English as a second language, what we're talking about is the personal, interpersonal, institutional, cultural levels. At the personal level, having English as a second language has affected my confidence when it comes to communication, whether it's verbal or written and that's been really hard because in lots of professional settings when I'm sharing um, ideas or stories people can often get caught up thinking about my grammar and whether my grammar is right or wrong so at the personal level I've been dismissed so many times because I wasn't speaking correctly or it wasn't written right and the hard part for that is that as many times as I've been dismissed because of my barriers with having English as a second language, those same ideas that I was trying to explain would then be explained by a white person or by mostly white people. And there are times where other people of color who do not have English as a second language, you know, where they will share my ideas and the way that they're received is as if it was one of the greatest ideas people had ever heard. And so at a personal level, I've struggled because I feel like I'm not heard. I feel like people are not respectful of my difference. My difference being English as a second language. And so my parents immigrated from Mexico when they were teens. They met here in the United States, they fell in love, and they started a family, and so when I was born, my parents did not know English. My aunts and uncles, grandparents, for sure, nobody knew English. So before I started school, all I spoke was Spanish. Even the church that we would go to, my parents were pastors, all Spanish-speaking, every member was all Spanish speaking, and so that's all I spoke, Spanish. Spanish at home, Espanol en la casa, Espanol con mis tías y mis tíos y los primos, Espanol en la iglesia, Espanol con el Señor, like Espanol para todo. I grew up speaking Spanish, and then when I started preschool, that was the first time that I was exposed really to English. So... I, I had to go through the transition of learning English as, as a child. And so when I went into kindergarten, my English was a little better, but we'll say still still in progress. And I'm going to kind of move up to the institutional level. We'll come back to the interpersonal level. But at the institutional level, what happened when I started schools was that I got classified as an ESL student. Kindergarten, you know, first grade second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, all the way up to sixth grade, when it came time for English class, I would be separated and put into the ESL class. That's something that I struggled with 
as a as a kid, you know, being separated from the other kids to be put into this class where you kind of felt, I'll, I'll say a little dumb for me, not that everybody who goes through ESL has to feel dumb. Because what ended up happening to me is when I was in sixth grade, after a whole elementary career of ESL classes, I became very frustrated with the school and with my ESL teacher. A little background was that somehow in the sixth grade, I managed to become student body president, which was awesome. And that was a, a kind of like a confidence booster. Like, I'm the president, I'm the student body president. Um, there's a whole funny story as to how that happened, but here I am, I'm the student body president, and I'm in ESL, and I kind of start demanding to my teacher that they put me in a regular English class. I start saying, you need to put me in an English class, you know, I was a kid, so I, I'm pretty sure I said it in a much ruder way, but I start telling her, hey, I can't be in this class anymore, like, I need to get out of here, I look to my left, I go, Josue here just got here. Like, yo, homie literally just got to the States. He does not know English. He belongs in ESL. <laughs> no offense, Josue, you know. I looked over to the to the person to the side, and same thing with Oscar. Oscar just got here last year. Yeah, his English is very broken. He needs help. He needs ESL class. I was born here in the United States. English is my second language. And as soon as I started preschool, the English training began and I feel like I'm fully caught up and I need to be in an English, in a regular English class because I am not learning the same English skills that all the other students are learning. And so I ended up getting in trouble, sent to the principal's office, the principal called my parents, you know, they're like, we're gonna, he can't be acting like this as a student body president, if he does anything like this again, we'll have to, you know, remove him from that position, and he's gonna get in trouble, blah, 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 my parents at the time were still on their own English journey, so they weren't sure what was going on. They were not happy with me that I was getting sent to the principal's office. Luckily, we ended up moving school districts that next year. So at least for middle school, you know, it was a different district. And I kind of was able to set, we were able to set some demands there. But the reason that that story is important for me at, at the personal level is when I'm having these interactions with people that feel like they have the right to correct me in my grammar, in my English, is honestly, I become mad. And when we use the feelings wheel, mad means that there's a boundary and there's a violation. When I think about the boundary and the violation, it's that people are wanting to judge me according to what they believe was like my upbringing. If you had English classes all your life, normal English classes from elementary and middle school, high school, and you love English because of that, hell yeah, that's freaking awesome. But there's people, literally, this is crazy, but people that call themselves grammar Nazis, like, what the fuck, yo, get your shit together. <laughs> grammar Nazi, you know, choose another word, there's got to be another way of saying that. But to an extent, I, I let them because it, it does usually happen to be white people who feel that it is like their job and entitlement to correct people that aren't speaking English at their standards. 
And at the institutional level, do you understand the ways in which that I was oppressed from learning English at those levels? In order for me to be able to speak the same English that you're speaking, I would have to go back in time to my most formative years and take regular English classes, which I can't. Those years are gone. They were given to ESL and to making sure that my communication skills would lack for the rest of my life so that culturally, now we're getting into the cultural level, you know, people feel that it's acceptable, it's a norm to correct people who are speaking quote-unquote incorrect English. It is in this culture of white supremacy where I then have to try and work through my own shame around not speaking English at the same standards that, let's say, white Americans speak. At the interpersonal level, I think people of color can have this understanding of how the institution and the culture incorporate these English standards, which are really, for me, at the core about oppression and about holding a group of people down and even getting into their psyche and making them believe at the interpersonal level that they are shameful, that they are not good enough. It makes me feel like my ideas are no good when I try to express them and people don't listen to my ideas. They're only listening to the ways in which I am speaking or communicating incorrectly. And going back to the people of color piece, you know, when I'm hanging around people of color, maybe here or there somebody corrects my grammar, you know, and for me, I'm like, yo, that's your own internalized depression. Do not throw that on me. You know, we are listening to each other. I feel like my ideas still are not dismissed, even if the language is not on par with English standards. My ideas are not dismissed. The major difference for me at the institutional and cultural and even at the interpersonal level is that white people, whiteness, white consciousness has this habit of dismissing somebody as soon as their English is not up to standard. That's hard because we're really shutting people down that are already doing a lot of work to communicate. And to try and share. So at the interpersonal level, going back to the feelings wheel, when I'm mad and I'm having to deal with this, it's happening live. Somebody's trying to dismiss me because of my language. I can use the, the language of I'm mad. I'm mad. At, and I there's a violation here. And the violation is that I will not receive your negativity. I will not receive that you will dismiss me. I will not allow myself to be dismissed because I am and do identify as English as a second language. And people need to respect that difference. That is a difference. It's as simple as that. Was English your first language? Heck yeah. For a lot of Americans, is English your only language? You know, that's your problem. That's not my problem. I speak two languages. I'm learning a third one right now, Italian. Hell yeah. Arrivederci. I think that the goal for me really talking about English as a second language is to talk about the cultural implications, the, the, a lot of the institutional implications that we're not talking about, like young people being held back and not being educated and not being exposed to English 
at the same standards that white students are being exposed to. And that how that's used to then keep them down in jobs because, well, their English is not up to par. And in cultural settings, you know, it's okay to be racist and dismiss somebody because of English as a second language. And at the personal level that we have the power that we, you know, are going through the healing that we need to, to understand our own pain when it comes to English as a second language. So that when we are in those interpersonal settings, we feel that we have the power to express our end of what's going on in that interaction. When those interactions start happening, that we feel like we have the power to talk about how that experience is feeling for us. And that it's very likely that it will lead to us being mad because we're being dismissed. And that it's okay to be mad. There are appropriate ways to express being mad. If people cannot hear your anger and your pain, that's probably because they're in a privileged position, honestly. And they have the choice, culturally at least, and then they internalize that to the personal, interpersonal level. And they have the support of the institution to to ignore, to ignore and dismiss us. And so as much as we can work towards our liberation, that is going to be a part of the story of how we then, you know, continue to push the culture towards equity and inclusion and room for differences, differences like English as a second language, without feeling that powerlessness that can come with white supremacy. English as a second language, for those of you that are, you know, find yourself if taking on or receiving that that is your identity, I encourage us to continue the exploration at the personal, interpersonal, institutional, and cultural level of the implications of what it means to be an English as a second language speaker in the United States in 2018. Thank you for joining us. This has been Multiculturalism Happens Here. If you found this helpful, resourceful, give us a like, subscribe, share, or a positive review. Consider giving to Visions, link down below, or joining us for one of our workshops, trainings, or youth summits. Interested in having us come to you? Contact us for more info. Keep rocking the free world, stay you, and be different. Much love, family.